Hello, Marian. Welcome to the final podcast of the series. Thank you, Pony. Hi. It's the 13th one. It's called The 13th Moon. Because Aries has travelled through all the realms, all 12 of them, and successfully arrived in time to deliver the pearl to the Pisces before the waning of the 13th moon. He did this by the seat of his pants, but he did it. <laughs> That's right. True Aries fashion. He's just skimming in at the last minute there. That's why. Yes, and after the waning of all moons comes a new moon and new beginnings. And this is the title of your final chapter. And in this chapter, true to his airy self, we see him going forwards, following the sun, chasing the horizon and still wondering where his quest will lead him. That's right. Are we going to find out? We'll find out now and after I'm going straight into reading it. And when we finish reading it, then we'll talk further about the the concept of the whole thing. Okay, and we'll recap on a couple of things that have come up over the series that we want to remind everybody about. Mm That's right. Tie your whole beautiful story together. Thank you, Pommy. Well, I think it's most outrageous. Capricorn was extremely indignant on relaying the news from Aquarius. She thought he was deserting his duty, but more she was disappointed he wouldn't be at the celebration and would miss his company. She also felt strongly that Ares should be returning home, acknowledging his responsibilities to his clan, and she would miss him too. As for the Pisces, she could understand them taking off on a whim, Pisella being reunited with her pearl, somewhat forgivable, if typical, she supposed. All were gathered on the plateau of Sagittarius for the celebration of light festivities. Oh, I'm disappointed I'm not with them on this adventure, moped Sage, priming his arrows with the powder provided from Aquarius. Still, looking on the bright side, if Ares hadn't set off in the first place, the problems caused by our greatest issues would not have been resolved. Oh, how true, supported Scorpio, stoking the bonfire with lumps of coal she'd brought from her realm. These would keep the embers hot through the night. Though extremely foolish, his actions caused me to venture deeper into the labyrinth than I would otherwise have contemplated, even less risked. During her intensive search for the pearl, she and Serpentus found themselves entering uncharted territory beyond where Ares had wandered. She discovered that the fire was not diminishing as at first thought, but was burning brightly as ever in these farther depths where the seams rich with gems waited to be mined, safe from the dousing waters. The labyrinth is revealing in the strangest of ways, and in retracing his steps, I felt I came to know him, the moves he made, the turns he took. His battling nature is very close to my own. She gave a little laugh to lighten her remarks. I will feel a touch jealous of you all until I meet him face to face, she added giving the fire a playful poke. My effigy of him will have to suffice for the time being, beamed Libra, as he proudly unveiled a statue of Ares formed from the finest black marble, much to the admiration of all present. We must have faith that all is as it should be, said Sagittarius, lighting one of his arrows in the bonfire and sending it soaring into the night sky. It exploded into a wonderful array of colour that showered over them like falling stars. 
Virgo filled their goblets with her sparkling wine. This may be my finest brew yet, she said modestly. To absent friends, they toasted, and the merriment began. It had been the liveliest party ever, and just before dawn they gathered in a circle around the smouldering bonfire to sit in quiet contemplation, awaiting the new day. As the first rays of light illumined the sky, all gave praise and thanks for their beautiful, wondrous world and the continuing cycle of the sun. Hidden amongst the pines, the Shrike watched the night celebrations with rancor. The Pisces was strong again. Curthith. All was lost for its cause to seize their grotto and start a colony there. That opportunity had now passed. It must make another plan. The only place it could survive without fearing recognition and retribution was no man's land. Let the dust settle. They'll all forget in time. They always do. Then in another time, another well, there'll be another mistake. More to wobble, more opportunity. It stole away before daylight. Stay focused. Stay cool. Aquarius hoisted the sail and fixed their course west to the horizon. The weather had been kind at first and both sailors had gained their sea legs quickly. But out on the high seas a storm was blowing and angry waves buffeted the small boat like a cork. I said to expect this, Aquarius shouted above the din of the squall. He was faring better than Ares in the stormy, watery conditions. They were constantly drenched and tossed from one side of the deck to the other as their craft dipped and rolled in the swells. Ares recalled Picella's words about walls of water filling the sky and was filled with dreads of drowning. He longed for hard, dry land and to feel the warmth of a bright fire. Returned to their true realm, the Pisces had been seeing the wonders of their ocean world with renewed awe. The silent, rocky landscapes of the ocean bed held a beauty for them that surpassed anything on land, as they glided through and around the towering, convoluted formations they composed music and poetry to reflect the surreal majesty of these structures. Such vivid artistry portrayed these images to their friends on land, bringing scenes of the otherworldly to shore for all to imagine and enjoy. Libra especially loved to represent the dreamlike images on canvas, while Virgo would write the details of Pisces' descriptions and Sagittarius charted maps of the known seabed. Oh, it's peaceful here in the deep, sighed Pisona. But there are storms above. Our friends will need help. They surfaced and clambered on board, securing the bruised and sick shipmates in the coils of their connecting twine. Once the storm passes, you will enjoy being at sea again, they told them. Both Aquarius and Ares found that hard to believe at this instant. Oh, I want it to end, wailed the ram, as his head swam and his stomach churned. I can't tolerate these turbulent waters. 
but as the four huddled together, he felt a reassuring strength in the bond of the Pisces, and was comforted. They sang a lively shanty to challenge the throes of the storm, cheering him a little, and his fears of being drowned subsided. Close your eyes, suggested Pisona. Imagine you are sinking beneath the turbulent surface, gently floating down to the calm silence below. She began to lull him with a soothing, hypnotic melody, relaxing him, while Picella lyrically depicted the beautiful landscapes under the waves. Seduced by their imagery, his imagination took flight, as though in a waking dream he was gliding alongside them, seeing the variety of sea creatures Picella was describing. The ocean was a world of infinite shapes, of colours changing from bright to a soft translucence and glowing to bright again. The surreal experience endowed him with a blissful awe, as with the northern lights, rendering him oblivious to the rigours of the storm. Experiencing the expansiveness of their realm, he would never regard the Pisces as anything so simple as vague again. The moon had waxed and waned and waxed again before the squalls blew themselves out, but the seas remained choppy. Patches of fog persisted under gloomy skies, and it was a cold, dank dawn when Aquarius gave the cry that land was in sight. As they sailed closer to shore, the Pisces again took up the hawsers and guided the boat. A flood tide carried them along the rugged shoreline towards a wide crevice hewn in the cliffs. The swell calmed as they sailed into this inlet and were swept along its course. Walls of rock towered above them on either side. No signs of life were visible, and it seemed a melancholy place. Eventually they came to a large basin, a natural harbour nestled within a range of hills. Ares was the first ashore, relieved to feel the grass beneath his feet. The morning sun strived to break through the clouds, dispersing the mists as he surveyed the landscape. With mounting elation, he recognised Great Tor with its crumbled summit and realised that the basin they'd sailed into was once the crater, its barren landscape now cloaked in grasses and heathers. This is my realm, he cried. This is the headland. I know it is. That earthquake has rearranged things. The Pisces whooped for joy. Oh, Ares could only come back to something new, they cheered, throwing the mooring ropes to Aquarius, who'd also jumped ashore. Oh, these are exciting new times, agreed a beaming Aquarius, sharing their loving embrace. I can't wait to launch my flying machine off the top of that hill. It had been the first thing he'd stowed aboard. At that moment, a company of young rams sprang from the cover of the heather and marched smartly towards them, ready to defend their territory. Ares stepped forward, halting their line. Thank the sun, moon and stars. I feared all had been lost in that earthquake. They stared at him, unsure whether to advance or to hold. He spoke with the authority of mature self-assurance. This is my first homecoming. You are the first to greet me. His words hung expectantly, but the pause was brief. Ares, they cried, cheering loudly that he'd returned. 
Despite his changed fleece, they knew him, and glad to see him again, they jostled to get closer, eager for tales of his travels. Is it dangerous out there? Did you have to fight? urged one. Both, I've got a lot to tell you, and... Did you conquer all you met? pressed a second. I conquered a great deal, but also learned much more. Have you brought prisoners? piped up a third, eyeing the strangers and their boat. Oh no, not prisoners. These are my friends, and... Look around you, wool-brains! came an excited yell from the rear. It was the youngest among them, aggressively pushing his way to the fore. Look! he cried, gazing at the clearing skies. He's brought back the sun! And giving Ares an affectionate nozzle, he scampered off to spread the news across the glens, the morning rays catching glints of red in his curly black fleece. Ares watched as the young tearaway sped off, and admiring the wild beauty of his realm, he felt at one. His quest had brought him to his true self. Others of the clan began to gather round, suspicious of strange newcomers and of Ares' different appearance. Was it worth it? Is there anything of real value out there? One elder challenged. Ares looked to the west. Oh, there's some excellent grazing on the far side of that hill, but approaches must be made in a friendly fashion, he smiled. Is that so? responded the questioner, and still sceptical turned away. Fears of more earthquakes and the persistent fogs had caused the clan not to venture as Ares had done. But what was more, until today, they believed he had perished in the void beyond the hills. And if we go there, will we all get fleece like you, oh new boy Goldilocks? jibed another with mocking laughter, nudging his comrades for their support. Ares dropped the smile and looked him sternly in the eye. A hush fell. You are really rude, he said, and then laughed at himself. It felt good to be home. That was Marion Mente reading the final chapter of her story, Follow the Sun, New Beginnings. Oh, Marion, the story that you wrote is so full of imagery and metaphor, and I guess you've used that to describe the symbolism of each realm. Well, that must have been fun, was it? Oh, yes, it was dreaming up the characters, as I said in the beginning, when I first, what first inspired me to do it, as I'd just come out of a wonderful lesson on the archetypes and the personalities attributed and how each grows from the other. And I had this little vision. I thought, how can I put this out for, for everyone to sort of know and appreciate on some level, rather than just in the newspapers as a sun sign, but show it as a continuum. And I just had this vision of this ram jumping into the field of the bull. And, and so it did. It, I was very highly excited. And in that was, in, I was say, in the 70s, there was no computers or, or anything then. I, I wrote, went home and wrote it in pencil. I was so feverish about it. And, of course, I knew that I had to capture... Um, an image of all their realms that sort of because the beauty of metaphor is is that you, you capture an essence of something a quint a quintis, 
quintessential something about it, you know, and that's what I've tried to do with all these the twelve different worlds that Aries has entered into. And I also want to say here that it it's not just about Aries. There is an Aries. Aries is in everyone's chart. I've tried to put it. I've people have said to me in the past and over the years with this. Why haven't you made them into humans or things? No, I wanted to keep them as their symbols because I, I want it. It is in an abstract, if you like. This is what the energy of Aries represents. And whether you are born with your son, uh, you know, around between the 21st of March and the 21st of April or not, or whether you're born at the opposite time of year, if Aries energy is strong in your chart, and that comes from the placing of Mars or something like that, or it might be your ascendant or you might have other planets, if you've got a strength of Aries energy, you'll have this kind of impetus somewhere in your makeup. And the same goes for all the signs. Yes. You know, it depends on the emphasis. Yes, so we there's one thing we really wanted to emphasise throughout the whole of these this series is it isn't about your just your sun sign. Absolutely not. It's about your whole chart and how everything is represented there. I do know, you know, people are tempted to go get this. Oh, let me go straight to Capricorn because I'm a cat or you know, if I'm a Capricorn, I'll go straight to Pisces. And of course you will have missed the whole point of the thing. Yes. It's you know, it's very tempting to go because we're schooled in that way. And we've just Absolutely. got to break out of that kind of, um, got to break out of that envelope. All the newspapers like. and magazines still have your sun sign, don't they? Mm. So, and you've used the worlds that you've created to, all that imagery in the world. So you've got things like, you've got Aries in the crater, mm. not knowing anything. So he's the one just alone, starting The out. one alone, that you know. Striving forwards yeah. like a bulb. I've always got that image in my mind, like a, bulb in the spring pushing up through the earth to find that's the sun. Aries energy that is Aries energy and anyone that's got a propensity of it whether their sun sign is in Aries or not if they've got a propensity of that kind of Aries on Martian energy if you like that's what it's like and it's uh, and then you then you come to Venus you know you grow on from that into establishing that which is already burst into life you've got to give it roots that's Taurus. Give, that's Taurus give it roots solidity and, and and feeling itself and that's where the senses come in you know and that's why the, the bull's world is a sensual world of of his grains his orchards its meadows I mean it paints a beautiful picture it's also a very relaxing picture it's Venusian you and know. it's very protective. He's so protective of Torian, isn't he? Absolutely. And his realm is protective briar around it, you know. But it has to be, you know, wonderful, sweet-smelling, but very thorny briar, you know. And then we move into Gemini, where it's all about communication and energy and movement. and, and tra Absolutely, and trading. And duality, you know, the, the two. And I not named them. It's principally a yang sign but i have never referred to them as a he or a she in it oh <laughs> one is gem with slightly and one is eni but it's never it's never he said she said it's always the twin or this that, and the other i've avoided that and the shrike that's also in that realm because it's about communication and obviously with language comes misunderstandings the media can be a terrible force as we know in modern times the shrike is an evil use of that power yes and uh, he mixes with all the birds messages and things like this and he doesn't have a gender either i love the shrike <laughs> stay focused stay cool <laughs> 
but you have to have the element of strike otherwise it or you know that's what drama yes. that's what creates drama absolutely yeah and then from there we move into cancer's beautiful homely realm on the island oh which yes created yes all self-contained very self-contained and the beauty of the suck of the tropicality the succulentness the exoticness Yes. Of cancer. It's an exoticness, which is very nurturing, very creative, the jewellery she makes. Cancerian people do tend towards very artistic, and, you know, all the signs have a creative and artistic uh, side to them, you know. Cancer, then we move to the domain of Leo. Uh, and you can really see that, can't you? Yeah. You've really made that very clear. His expansiveness. And his liking to be thought of as king of the mountains. Absolutely. But, you know, throughout it all, what I wanted to more put forward, each plays an important role in this journey of maturation. And because... Aries is the first, he's the catalyst. That's the... He's the symbol. It's the symbol that I've used as the catalyst to go through. And this is a process, like the seasons of the year, of, of maturing... Uh, and this is where these things come in and into play. And I love the way you go from the the individual signs to the collective signs. I've never heard that before. So we move through Virgo is the kind of pivotal, a sign, pivotal isn't point it? where you're moving towards Libra, where Libra is the 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 one to one, the finding the balance. Well, it's the inanimate, the only symbol that's inanimate. Because as I also said in the beginning, the, the zodiac was divined, if you like, by the ancient Greeks. And it was called uh, Zodiacus Kuklos, meaning circle of animals. And Libra is the one inanimate sign. It's the scales. Oh, yes. Everything else is a mm-hmm. fish, a ball, t- two people holding hands. You know, it's yes. uh, the maiden, the goat. And Scorpio. Scorpio, Scorpio comes next. I and know. Go to well, town after that, the labyrinth. I know it's wonderful and because the, well, it is because but all of the signs have as greater importance and, and as greater impact uh, on the journey. They're all of the same. No one is any stronger or less important. He couldn't have missed out on any of them if you see what I mean. Yes. All are essential. And uh, Scorpio, because it governs the regenerative organs. And, and that I've tried to explain, as I said in that chapter, with the fire bright gems. And she brings them to the light. That's like giving birth to another form of consciousness. Consciousness is what uh, it takes us forward. And that's how, you know, the human race has evolved through its consciousness evolving. And you've also brought in this aspect that every every sign moves into another sign so you're taking from one side and moving it into the next sign so it's an evolving you're evolving into the symbolism that you mm. of sagittarius yeah sagittarius out there finding the greater meanings and you come first then into the planets of jupiter and saturn begin to be introduced with uh, sagittarius and capricorn and then aquarius and Pisces. Pisces. But before we got to Pisces, as you say, there was the wonderful world of Sagittarius where he felt an absolute connectedness 
to the outer universe. He didn't want to measure things, he just felt it. And as he ran along the tops of the peaks and the northern lights, I felt were a lovely thing that do, you know, I've never seen that. It's on my list to do is to go and witness yes. the northern lights. It must yes. be a spectacular sight. And it, you must feel like a very tiny particle under such a spectacle. I mean, even though one can scientifically explain these things, it doesn't take the awe out of them. And then, of course, Sagittarius and his whole expansiveness, we talked about that, transporting Aries to Capricorn, where I put the symbol of Capricorn on the top of the peaks because it's the 10th house, it's the top of the chart. And she can look over, and it is, you know, Capricorn is symbolic of the authority figure. And they are, it is, it, it's ambitious in its own, in its way. It's, we'll get there, but it's also, it's, she's the only one in the position symbolically to look at the constellations and she's teaching him you know her lessons are you know there's more than one way to the top always you know be sure of your ground before accepting a challenge and of diligently business before pleasure and getting to know your constellations and I think he you know when he goes through Aquarius who's trying to make good you know throughout it Aquarius with the collective realms he's innovated this to help people and that to help people you know uh, snowshoes to help those in the snow you know and he's and he's devised glass and experiment with sand and I didn't think that was too far of a stretch so Aquarius has innovated things to help as he says his his individual purposes for the common good and as we talked about in the great ages I think that's what is happening with Aquarius, like he's trying to improve the communications there with his pulleys and mirrors. You know, it's just the concept of new ways of doing old things. And as Aquarius says, it's all here. I don't call it discovering, I call it innovating because everything is there to be discovered. And then, of course, on to the Pisces and in that other transcendental world, the ocean has as many worlds as the land. And that's why I had to think, oh, how can Aries, he can't go underwater, he can't. But she can through hypnotism and song and description as the arts do. The arts transport us all into different worlds, don't they? You know, for me, the value of astrology is growing in that way. As I say, it's probably very primitive at the moment. But I think it is about accepting these doesn't matter what language you use i use it as a language it's a symbolic language and to appreciate to have some tenets to that language such as like what is martian energy what is venusian you know it's some descriptions you know to, to 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 define things you have to have descriptions to define things you need to define things before you can begin to discuss them and to find resolutions so things have to be defined, and astrology is one good way of defining our place within our solar system. And your story brings that to life, doesn't it? I hope so. so. In terms of, you know, if we, if I was to go and look up my chart on the internet, it would give me a little, probably a little few words about what each sign means, but it wouldn't bring it to life like your beautiful story because because of that rich metaphor and symbolism and imagery that you've brought to each chapter thank you I, well that was my intention i hope i've achieved it and um as you say you can't really nail that quintessential thing but you gain something from it and you gain the sense of all of where it all came from or how it all came to be devised and in the 
autumn podcast that we're plotting. What do you say about you look at your chart? I do want to really go into, for those that that have taken the subject a little bit further on, this was just to interest people and give people that sense of awe that really don't really want to know very more about it, but just want to feel a part of something. And think, yes, I've read that book, like you might read an historical novel or something. And we should emphasise it's really important to... We've said this before, but we'll say it again. It's really important to listen to each podcast as it goes through so you get a sense of the journey. And how it builds. And how it builds and the story. Yeah, yeah, very much. Because life is like that, isn't it? You start simple and as we grow and get older, probably get to the point of Virgo, the sixth sign, you're going out into the world, you realise there's much more. It then starts to get more complicated. And And yeah, so, so that's... That brings us to the end of this series of podcasts, but you're absolutely right. We are planning a new series starting in the autumn, which will go into some of these aspects in more depth, looking at particular Yes, parts after, of... as you know, after each podcast, we've, we've described certain astrological elements like the, the quadruplicities, the, the yins, the yangs, the squares, the conjunctions, and what these things mean. And But just to go into it, perhaps, and personalise a chart for someone who wants to look a little bit more deeply at particular sort of aspects. I just name them so they can relate them to themselves. So we'll look at it all in more depth, yeah. and we're going to bring in another astrologer. It's very exciting. I hope so. I, I hope she's free at the time. Um, <laughs> I'm sure she's uh, excited to do it. She'll be fun to work with, I think. All right, Marion, so that is it. We have come to the end. You've been listening to Marion over the 13 podcasts that we've made, reading every chapter of her book, finally finishing with new beginnings, bringing us right round full circle today. We hope you've enjoyed this series of podcasts. There will be more, as we say, coming out in the autumn. Please subscribe through your favourite channels and you'll get notification of when those are happening. Thank you very much, Marion, for joining me on all of these podcasts. And thank you out there for everyone who's been listening. Follow the Sun was written by Marion Mente. The podcast was produced and presented by me, Pommy Harmer, and this was a Black Pearl production. Mm-hmm.